From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation in technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. In December, Sherman Associates announced that Chris Sherman would take over as president of the company founded by his father. Chris Sherman first joined Sherman Associates when he was a teenager, and later joined as a full-time employee after earning a Bachelor of Science degree from Penn State Schmeel College of Business. Most recently, Sherman held the role as Senior Vice President of Operations and Capital Markets. Sherman Associates has more than $4 billion in commercial, residential, hospitality, and for-sale assets. More than 8,000 housing units, four hotels, and nearly 1 million square feet of commercial real estate make up its portfolio, according to its website. Sherman will guide the Minneapolis-based company's leadership team, as well as the direction and performance of their assets. In his interview with reporter Kelly Bush, Sherman talks about how in his first year as president, he plans to lead the company through expansions into new markets, with nearly $400 million in development in the works making 2021, quote, the biggest year yet in terms of development for the company. Hey, Chris. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Good. Good. Awesome. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy, happy New Year. That's like the first time I've actually said that to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I've been running through interviews today, so it's been nonstop and haven't taken the time to do that. So great. Well, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, yeah, take uh, rescheduling a couple times. Yeah, no worries. I've had I've had to do that before with um, question and answers, so it happens. Um, let's see. Well, I'll first give you an overview here before I start recording and everything, just so you have uh, a good understanding of how this works. So, basically, what I'm doing is I'm just going to record this conversation. We'll use both the video and the audio. The video will be for our online story. And then our audio we use for podcast. And so, I mean, we edit both. If you need to restart a question, let me know. It's We're pretty flexible. No worries if you need to redo anything. Um, otherwise, I mean, this is a pretty straightforward conversation. I'm hoping it's a good way for our audience to get to know you and mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about Sherman Associates. So um, do you have any questions before we start? No, no, just I uh, enjoy these. So looking forward to talking for, for 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, okay. So how this starts is we start the audio and the video, right? When I do this little intro sentence. So I'm going to say that, and then I'll ask the first question. So you're ready to get rolling. Perfect. Okay, great. So thanks for joining me today, Chris. I appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I look forward to the conversation as well. Yeah. Well, let's get started by just talking a bit about how you got started in development. You know, what, what was your motivation? Well, I had the fortunate ability to grow up around it. Uh, my father, George Sherman, started the company about 40 years ago. And along the way, I was, uh, I was born and uh, got to grow up uh, learning from him and spending many summers working for the company from the age of 13, 14 on. 
and started here full time when I was 22 out of college. And that was back in 2008. Um, so I got to jump in uh, during a pretty challenging time in the, the real estate market. And uh, in, in hindsight, certainly felt very fortunate to be able to come into the organization at that point in time and, and learn from George and learn from really other great mentors at our company. And over the first several years, uh, worked on a lot of our affordable housing developments during the recession and, and learned a lot during that period and how we can really make an impact uh, during a challenging period in the cycle. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the role you played in some of those larger projects, because I know some of them are fairly high profile, right? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, able to work on uh, Riverside Plaza for uh, several years from 2009 to 2012. Uh, that property is 1,303 units of affordable housing, about 6,000 residents. It's got a charter school. It's got basically almost everything a small city would have. Mm -hmm. And uh, for for three years there, I, I worked on the financing of the project and ultimately uh, the occupied renovation uh, of uh, the 1,303 homes. Um, we utilized 15 sources of financing, uh, every source available, I would say, across the state and yeah. <laughs> many, many, of the, many of the federal tools as well, the federal store tax credit, the federal LIHTC, and um, we were able to partner with the city and with the neighborhood and with a lot of other groups to uh, really align interests. And, and that was an important learning tool for me too, to be able to kind of work through the uh, dynamics of um, the various stakeholders that are so important to making a project like that uh, successful. And um, that was a big learning experience for me. The other one was certainly our work down in Iowa uh, after both the start of the recession, but also the, the floods that occurred down in Iowa in 2008. There were major floods that hit uh, Cedar Rapids, Waterloo, and Des Moines. And we utilized disaster relief tax credits to uh, begin working in those downtown cores that basically due to the floods and due to the recession had been shut down um, and, and really start to revitalize uh, some of those downtown areas and um, was able to uh, work collaboratively with, with our team and with the cities in those cases to get some initial learning experiences that further prep me for Riverside Plaza. Those are projects in 2008, 2009, 2010. So really some of my earlier experiences and that, that did in turn prep me for the larger uh, Riverside Plaza opportunity that I got to fortunately work on for several years. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, so you've had a busy few years. <laughs> so, I mean, now you've been appointed to um, being president of Sherman Associates. So let's talk a bit about the role. You know, what are you looking to bring to it? Absolutely. So um, over the last uh, 10 years, um, I've been able to uh, shift my, my focus uh, into to operations uh, within our, our company. We, we own and operate about 7,000 apartments. Uh, we have about 600,000 square feet of retail and office space, and we have four hotels. And we also have solar gardens. We have 50 acres of solar gardens. So um, starting in 2012, 2013, I shifted into operations and really focused on uh, the day-to-day -day operations of, of our portfolio, uh, the financing of our, our communities, our, our assets within our portfolio, um, internal relationships uh, across all the divisions and certainly external relationships with our lenders, investors, and other parties that we work with on our existing communities. And that got me well-versed in the other side of the business. And, and through that, um, over the last eight years, I've been able to uh, really, I think, build up the, um, the, the skill set to 
to take on this this opportunity to step in to this president role for the the company. Um, George uh, is is uh, not uh, taking uh, a huge step back. He is CEO. He's working frontline on our on our business development, um, on our growth, and doing what he's always done, which is partner with cities to reimagine uh, neighborhoods and, and make a big, broad impact. Um, but my role is uh, one that that uh, expands um, operations and uh, development, but it, it is an operations focus first. Uh, that is certainly our, our engine and our uh, catalyst for growth, how we perform uh, for, for the cities that we are uh, currently uh, providing uh, housing within. Um, but development is, is our is our steering wheel. And we, we are right now uh, prepping for our biggest year of de- development yet. Um, we're, we're looking to really ramp up here. And um, in my role, I, I work closely with the development team to uh, really uh, select the opportunities we're moving forward with and, and make recommendations on the financing we, we pursue for those projects. Um, so it, it is working closely on both sides of the company um, and, and being able to be fortunate to have a really strong leadership team here, which has allowed me to take on this role because we have experts in, in our divisions that in many cases have been doing what they've, they've done for decades. And for me to be able to lean on their expertise each day is uh, so essential for my ability to take on this role. And then that's been great for me for the last 12 years is to be able to work with those individuals, many who have been here longer than I have. Yeah, sure. Well, it's great to hear. So you mentioned that 2021 is going to be your biggest year yet. You know, what, what do you have planned? Historically, we've been developing about 125 million uh, a year uh, from a development cost standpoint. Uh, we are ramping up uh, on the go forward. Uh, we are looking to do about 400 million of development uh, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's going to be primarily housing, uh, both market rate developments and affordable developments and some age restricted developments too, some 55 plus or 62 plus developments. And a lot of it will be multi-phase. Uh, that's most of the work we do. It's multi-phase development where we're just uh, taking an entire city block or a couple blocks or a light rail stop or a train stop and uh, delivering multiple housing types within that uh, location that serve multiple incomes, multiple ages. And over the last several years, we've uh, built up our pipeline and uh, built up our financing capabilities to allow us to, in 2021 here, take this big step forward and pursue more. Um, So we do have about 400 million in development in our pipeline for 2021 in the Twin Cities, in Des Moines and in uh, the Denver Metro that we're uh, looking to close on. Um, A lot of market rate development, uh, several affordable housing projects, some high impact uh, developments that include a unique components like our downtown uh, housing project on the Thrivent block that's gonna include a floor for firefighters for healing. Uh, They're gonna have some long-term uh, well, they're going to have units within this building that are serving families coming from around the Midwest to go to the burn victims unit at Hennepin Healthcare, and now we'll be able to stay across the street connected by Skyway to the hospital within our building. So we're very excited about a lot of our projects this year and continuing to have a, a big community impact with the work we do. 
Great. Well, I'm curious, do you have plans to expand into any new markets this year? Uh, we do. Um, we historically have expanded into new markets by having those markets uh, typically reach out to us because of the work we've done in other markets. So for instance, Des Moines, uh, about 20 years ago, reached out to us because of the work we were doing in Lower Town St. Paul. And then more recently, the city of Westminster out in the Denver Metro reached out to us because of the work we were doing in Des Moines. Um, we, we have markets that we would like to, to enter. Uh, we certainly are going to enter new markets. Our goal is to enter two to three new markets, new metro markets across the Midwest and country over the next several years. Um, we don't have necessarily uh, a number one, two, three. We want to work with a city that, that really values our platform, uh, one that is um, unique in that we develop, own, and operate both market rate and affordable housing, but also other things for the long-term. And we'll be the long-term owner, long-term partner for those cities. Great, yeah, I wanted to ask about your platform. Do you have any plans to alter that or move it forward or in any way, or do you plan to kind of maintain status quo with that? Um, we're enhancing it from kind of the status quo that we've developed over the last couple of decades. We, we have, over the last 10 years, started to develop more market rate rental housing. Um, prior to 2008, a lot of the uh, housing we were developing alongside our affordable communities was for sale housing. And over the last 10 years, with growing demand for uh, rental housing, we have shifted to do uh, more market rate rental housing development. So our platform has, uh, over that period, been really focused on both affordable and market rate, but over the next several years, um, one of the things that's been a big focus of ours has been energy efficiency and sustainability. So recently we developed 50 acres of solar gardens here in the Twin Cities uh, that offset our energy consumption in 4,000 homes that we own and operate. Uh, we wanna do more solar um, and that's gonna be part of our platform going forward. Um, we want to certainly do a lot more age-restricted housing, both affordable and market rate. That's been something we've done but that will continue to be something we do more of. Um, we're working on a, a number of, of mall redevelopment sites, Westminster Station, or sorry, Westminster is one of them. We're redeveloping the Westminster Town Square. Uh, there's a number of malls across the country that are in need of redevelopment. So that's really been a focus of ours the last several years to target uh, those opportunities. But much of what we've done the last 10 years, and certainly even to an extent the last 40 years, is not changing. It's, it's our mission's build, been building communities, enriching neighborhoods, uh, partnering closely with cities. We, on every project we do, are, are working very collaboratively with the city we're, we're partnering with. And uh, that has been the case for 40 years and will be the case for the next 40 years. Sure, great. Um, from your perspective, I'm curious what the company's major opportunities are in the coming years. I think more and more cities are uh, finding the need for uh, high quality housing serving all incomes. And um, for a long time, many cities have, have found that, but I do think um, that's becoming a, a bigger priority um, to deliver uh, high quality, sustainable housing for all incomes within the city. Um, and uh, our opportunities to find more relationships with cities that we can, we can partner with to do that, um, because we, we have been doing that for the last several decades. And um, that, that's really where we want to continue to develop our, our niche of expertise to be able to 
uh, deliver housing for all incomes, all ages. Um, and then around that, if there's good demand, develop the retail components and uh, develop a hotel or an office building. Um, and we've done both. Uh, we've done quite a bit of both. Um, but it, it kind of centers around our housing efforts. Great. That's interesting. Um, I mean, on the opposite side, how about challenges that lie ahead for Sherman? Um, challenges are certainly our ability to react to our consumer demands. Specifically right now is consumer uh, desires are, are shifting quickly due to uh, the COVID pandemic and um, much of it was occurring slowly, uh, an ability to work remotely, but now it's all been accelerated. And uh, our big challenge right now is identifying how that's gonna land uh, over the next several years. And whether that be uh, from a unit mix standpoint, offering more work from home setups within our buildings um, or the amenity spaces, um, looking at in how we shift our amenity areas and increase the amenity spaces to allow for more work from home. Um, but I, I think that the challenge that we, we face is one that everyone's very focused on in that regard. Um, our other challenge for our organization will be our ability to continue to um, to innovate in, in new ways. Um, and, and that is a huge objective of ours to, to innovate in new ways, because I think the first challenge that I mentioned, everyone's focused on where, where's the consumer demand going to land coming through this, whether it's housing or hotels or retail or office, but how can we continue to innovate um, in ways that other others have not yet done um, and be a leader in innovation um, when there were that we're looking to do solar, we were at the front line of that and uh, worked closely with a couple other firms in town. Uh, we want to innovate from an energy efficiency standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint. Uh, with our affordable housing, we want to go package up things that are unique for affordable, delivering clean energy through solar, but also doing uh, smart home technology and delivering bulk internet and having an ability to do a lot of things to save lower income households a lot of money because we could purchase it in bulk and, and provide them with those savings. So we're looking at technology on a, as a way, whether it's convergent billing or other things to deliver something to our customers, specifically lower income customers that um, can be um, of benefit to us, but mostly of benefit to them. Great, thank you. Um, let's see, to pivot back to you a little bit. So I noticed that you have a number of volunteer and board positions on your, um, kind of in your background. So do you want to tell me a little bit about those and kind of how those are going to prep you for this new role? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I'm on several boards. Uh, the one I've been on the longest uh, that I'm still on today is Rethos, mm -hmm. which previously was Preservation Alliance in Minnesota. Rethos is an organization that focuses on preserving people, places, and things. And uh, right now is very focused on preserving the state historic tax credit. In fact, I was on a call about 30 minutes ago uh, with the coalition that's working on preserving and extending 
the Minnesota State Historic Tax Credit that is set to sunset June 30th. Um, so wearing both my hats, my hat here at Sherman, but also my Rethos hat, I spoke and um, just conveyed the impact that that State Historic Tax Credit has had on job growth, on the tax base growth, and on affordable housing over the last 10 years that we've had the credit. So that uh, board has certainly tied in with the work we've done, but also um, it, it's huge in the impact that they're having within rural areas across the state. That is a big focus of the Main Street program. So it's it's really extending outside the urban cores to do uh, work within rural areas in Minnesota, which is so important. Um, I joined two boards recently, uh, one that I've been associated with for a long time and supported for a long time, the Sane Foundation. Uh, Tony Sane has been a good friend of mine for the last 10 years, and I've attended their galas. Uh, they focus on um, inner city uh, support for, for lower income kids, and they do it with soccer as uh, a component, but it goes so far beyond soccer. Tony Sane was a World Cup soccer player, um, but it, it doesn't really... Uh, start with soccer. It starts with a lot of the other foundations that the nonprofit delivers for these uh, kids that they serve. And they're serving thousands uh, every single summer and throughout the year. And specifically right now during COVID, the big thing has been food distribution um, and many other things and providing a safe place to learn. Um, so they've set up a lot of learning facilities for their kids that they're serving. So that foundation um, is one that I joined recently and have been a big proponent of for a long time and I'm extremely excited about being a part of in the coming years. And then the one that I joined most recently was Hennepin Healthcare Foundation. Um, so they are the, the big foundation arm of Hennepin Healthcare System, HHS and HHF, Hennepin Healthcare Foundation, uh, uh, does just tremendous work in supporting the major initiatives that uh, the Hennepin Healthcare System is pursuing. Um, the one that we're most, most closely tied to is Firefighters for Healing. Uh, which um, is, is certainly uh, being strongly supported by Hennepin Healthcare Foundation. And uh, it's a different nonprofit. I'm not on their board, but to be able to uh, be developing the project wearing our Sherman hat, bringing in another nonprofit and being on the board of the Hennepin Healthcare Foundation to kind of uh, work to uh, further enhance the relationships that have already existed for a long time um, has been uh great to actually work on something that's very tangible in that uh, something that our company is being a part of. Um, been on a few others over the years, but those are the three that, that certainly are my, my big focus right now. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, that was everything I wanted to ask about. So was there anything else you wanted to add in or mention during our conversation? Uh, just very excited about um, the, uh, the opportunities that are in front of us. There's, there's a lot of challenges that our um, state and our, and our country is facing presently with, with COVID, um, but opportunities to uh, support um, lower income households and uh, households of all uh, ages and incomes. And, um, and, and we wanna to continue to figure out ways we can step outside the box to do those things. Um, and our big focus uh, in, in 2021 and our, our kind of theme is, is generate and it's generate change, it's generate impact, it's generate, and that's, that's our 2021 focus for our, our team out there. And we've got some 
pretty neat logos that the marketing teams put together for that. But we're we're looking to generate a lot of impact here in 2021 and and hopefully make an impact as, as people are going through some really challenging times right now. Um, that that's always been a focus of ours, first and foremost, is how can we make a big impact in the communities we're serving. Um, so that's that's certainly what I'm excited about. Um, taking on that challenge to to better serve our our customers and our cities that we work with. Great. Well, it was great getting to know you and uh, thanks for the conversation. I appreciate it. And I'm sure our, our audience will appreciate it as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.